Loudspeaker Studios. very first episode of Talk and Troma with your host, me, Zach Bynes. On this show, we're going to do a deep dive into a different trauma movie every episode and learn a little bit more about it and then pair it with a non-trauma movie for a fantasy double feature. I'll bring someone on with me to talk about the movies, friends, filmmakers, podcasters, and pretty much anybody who I think would add something to the trauma discussion. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is I want to share my love of trauma movies with everyone. I don't feel like they always get the love they deserve. They get shit on sometimes, and I don't like that, and I want to share my love with you guys. Uh, Perhaps, you know, at this point in the podcast, you're wondering, well, what the hell is trauma anyways? I could describe it for you, but uh, trauma actually put together a nice little infomercial that could do a better job than I could. So let's listen. Founded by Yale classmates Lloyd Coffin and Michael Herz in 1974, Legendary Troma Entertainment still holds its reign as the Independence Independent Studio. Troma is arguably the oldest independent studio in America and the only independent studio with brand name appeal. Troma also owns a library of nearly 1,000 titles consisting of movies, TV shows, shorts, and internet content. Along with its founders Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz, Troma is responsible for the world's most visionary independent film. And coming soon, Troma presents Shakespeare's Shitstorm. Troma is also known for the world's most beloved and unique cinema icon, the Toxic Avenger. Thanks to having built a loyal and rabid fan base for the last 45 years, Troma's DVDs have become major cult favorites. Troma movies are not only in very select movie theaters on DVD and Blu-ray, now you can stream Troma movies on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and their very own streaming service, Troma Now. In addition to Troma's signature evergreen films like Poltergeist, Night of the Chicken Dead, Sergeant Kabuki Band, NYPD, Cannibal the Musical, Tromeo and Juliet, Class of Newcomb High, and of course, The Toxic Avenger. Troma Entertainment offers a vast array of films for all ages, from children to senior citizens. The visionary artistry of Troma has influenced many high-profile mainstream Hollywood directors over the years, including Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi, Quentin Tarantino, Trey Parker, James Gunn, and Eli Roth. Films from the Troma Library have also helped launch the careers of superstars like Vincent D'Onofrio, Marissa Tomei, Kevin Costner, Samuel L. Jackson, Carmen Electra, Trey Parker, and Jenna Fisher. Troma has been recognized all over the world with awards and retrospectives such as Cinematique France, Japan's Tokyo Film Festival, the Venice Film Festival, and the American Film Institute. President of Troma Entertainment, Lloyd Kaufman, has even been elected chairman of the Independent Film and Television Alliance for four years, fighting the way for independent filmmakers to have equal footing with the major studio conglomerates. Join the Troma team as it explodes into the future. The risk-taking, pioneering studio with brand-name appeal, Troma Entertainment. Well, wasn't that fantastic? I learned so much about Troma films. Um, Welcome back. And I wanted to tell you my history with Troma, but I couldn't do it without my first guest. 
uh, my filmmaking partner, my best friend for over 20 years, Mr. Richard Taylor. Welcome to the show. Hey, Zach. What's up, man? Not too much. Thank you for coming on the show, Richard. So, uh, yeah, no, I brought you on because, uh, I mean, we've known each other forever. And when I got into trauma, I got you into trauma. And basically, our our lives changed forever because of it. Um, I'd say so. I'd say so. Do you remember how how we got into trauma? If you don't, I can refresh your memory. Yeah, because you seem to remember everything I don't. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like if you remember, if it's like, yeah, you'll remember something I don't. And I'll remember something you don't. Um, however, I think it was the movie Terror Firmer. No, you're you're wrong. It's actually before that. So really, it wasn't yeah, Terror Firmer. No, oh. back back in middle school. Um, you were like the only person I knew who was watching South Park. Like, I don't think anybody was allowed to watch South Park. So we like, we had art class together and you would record VHS tapes and we're from Colorado. So Trey Parker and Matt Stone in Colorado are gods. And I had another yeah. friend who um, he found a copy of their first movie at a video store called Cannibal the Musical. And he asked if, if I wanted to see that movie, um, if, and I said, yeah. And then he said, I'll make you a copy. Do you want me to keep all the movie trailers on before that? They're from this weird company called Troma. They had a lot of boobs and blood. I think you might like them. So I was like, yeah, why the hell not? I did not know that that would change my life. So he gave me this bootleg copy of Cannibal the Musical and me and Richard watched it together and that movie was amazing. <laughs> okay, I remember now. That's funny. Yeah, I think a lot of people's gateway to trauma is Cannibal the Musical. Right. Am I fair to say that? I I would think so. Like, unless they're if they're our age, then definitely Cannibal the Musical. Maybe a well, little and bit. especially in Colorado, because yeah, like you said, South Park is very big here, and we even went to film school with a few people who had worked on Cannibal the Musical and we always would nerd out and be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You worked on Cannibal the Musical. And then we would go to see you Boulder all the time and like find, look the at the loca- find the locations where they filmed the movie. And we're like, Oh my God, they filmed they Trey Parker and Matt Stone were actually sitting here and standing here <laughs> and, and they made the movie here. And like, we would completely nerd out. We wouldn't even care that, you know, we were having a college, uh, uh, like tour, tour guide of the campus <laughs> and we were all we we didn't care about actually going to the school we Re- remember we saw stan brackage walking <laughs> stan around brackage. and he stan brackage for those who don't know is an experimental filmmaker and like a uh, very high respected in the art film community but mm-hmm. we were nerding out because there's stan brackage he has a cameo in cannibal the musical we're like oh my god brief. he was he was their teacher so we thought that was cool and we, um, yeah, we we saw him, and that, yeah, that was that was pretty nerdy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we loved Cannibal the Musical, but something yeah. that always grabbed me was the trailers before the movie. There was Toxic Avenger and Tromeo and Juliet, and we were like, "What the hell are these movies?" Like, you see monsters and boobs and like this crazy gore. Motorhead is playing. So, so it's like, I need to see some of these movies. And uh, my friend who made me that bootleg 
lent me a few copies of he had like the Toxic Avenger and and I think Class of Newcomb High and me and me and Richard used to watch horror movies together all the time so these were right up our alley and and like do you remember the first time watching Toxic Avenger? Yeah, I guess I do remember uh, like being a little a little a little shocked, I guess, with the the head crushing scene with and like the happy music is playing and then these guys are just running down kids with their car. And you know, like we're fresh out of middle school going into high school, so I guess that was a little shocking for our brains to 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 register at that point. Right? Yeah, we were like taking drama class together and we're like, we're gonna be famous actors. Me and Richard Taylor are gonna be famous actors. But before right. the Toxic Avenger uh, the director Lloyd Kaufman came on and he was showing us how easy it is to make a movie. And he would show us um, like after the, after the VHS tape was over, he was like, this is how you do a head squashing scene with a cantaloupe. When we crushed that kid's head, it was just a cantaloupe. And we're like, that's all you do. And uh, we, so we bought our own cantaloupe and uh, right. we made a, we made some projects for drama class. Um, we, we read Lloyd Kaufman's book, All I Need to Know About Filmmaking, I Learned from the Toxic Avenger, just to make them super bloody and gross. Right. And uh, we just kind of kept that trauma sensibility up um, in all of our like shorts that we were doing until uh, there was a call on the trauma website that the Toxic Avenger was turning 21. Mm, and uh, right, right, right. They, were, they were looking for fan responses for uh for toxi so i remember yeah they had the contest for um the toxic avengers birthday to be on the dvd or something they wanted fan films to be made so we couldn't think of anything i played the accordion for some reason <laughs> so we thought it'd be funny if i played well um, i think i think you played the accordion because because at that point you're like i know how to get chicks i love trauma movies and weird al so <laughs> yeah so why not pick up the accordion and 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 <laughs> yeah it's definitely um gotten me laid a few times not really anyway um so uh so anyway we thought it'd be funny if we put together um uh the toxic avenger theme song on accordion right and yeah. we filmed and we filmed it and sure enough, the um, <clears throat> the trauma people loved it. They thought it was great, and we couldn't believe that we um, were on a DVD, the 21st anniversary edition of the Toxic Avenger. It's it's also kind of funny because I have a German DVD of the Toxic Avenger, and they also put the music video on there as well, which is pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's nuts that we're. Um, a very young me and you as the toxic crusader, I believe. Yeah. So I had a toxic masks. crusader mask and I like run around and uh, we ran around like outside Columbine high school. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we did. We really did. We went outside of Columbine high school and, 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 and took a picture of you as Toxie in front of the school. Because which Lloyd that, thought was amazing. And he kept calling us the Columbine shooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, because in Toxic Avenger Part 4, uh, they make fun of the Columbine shooters. So we're like, we have to have Toxie outside of the real Columbine. Well, we only live down the street from the school, the real school. So, so, uh, so we did that. And then maybe, maybe like two or three years later, there's another call on the trauma website. 
and it was to go work on Lloyd Kaufman's newest movie, Poultry Geist. Attack of the Chicken Zombies, it was called at that time, but now it's Poultry mm-hmm. Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. That's a better title. Right. I, I've grown to like Night of the Chicken Dead, but um, yeah, so do you, so uh, we flew into Buffalo, New York, right? Yeah, I remember we didn't know where that exactly was when we were kids. We're like, where the fuck is Buffalo, New York? All we knew is Niagara Falls was nearby. And then we lived in an abandoned church and uh, they remembered our Toxic Avenger music video that we made. Yeah, I remember meeting Gabe Friedman for the first time and he was like, you guys were, you guys did a really good job on that. And I thought it was really, you know, that was a good um, memorable moment for me as a young, inspiring filmmaker because it was somebody I looked up to telling me I was I was good so it was right it was, it was really awesome to meet and so and so <laughs> who weren't dicks right so yeah Gabe remembered that Gabe wrote Poultry Guys and he edited several trauma movies and wrote mm-hmm. wrote plenty um yeah. but he remembered also in that music video that we did uh head crushing all uh can fake cantaloupe with fake blood yeah. we we ran over ahead with uh with the car and and uh, they asked if we wanted to be blood boys on Poultry Geist. Yeah, that was very, that was amazing. That was an amazing moment. And we were like, because um, we went out there as just production assistants. Um, I, was and- mo- I was mopping the abandoned McDonald's before that. I was like, this kind of sucks, but I'm working on a trauma movie. <laughs> yeah, so we we're like, of course we want to be the blood boys. All right, cool. We get to be responsible for all the blood making in the movie and, and for, for shooting out the blood. And so, um, I kind of feel like we were like the, like other than like the special effects guys on the crew, like of the crew members, like the blood boys were, were rock stars. We should also, just in case if they listen to it, uh, Kevin Barnes and Kyle Frieden, like Mm -hmm. we, they were our other two blood boys on there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't forget those guys. So, um, yeah, you're right. We, we kind of did have rock star status immediately as we got on set. So it was, it was just cool to go to a far off place like Buffalo, New York, and just be like instantly accepted. So it's like going to camp, except the camp experience was, it was you know, like filmmaking positive. boot camp. Like we learned so much yeah. making that. And, and we, we took, and we behaved ourselves a lot. So like, you know, we watched a lot of people come and go and badmouth trauma. And I'm sure this happens on every trauma movie um, where people come and go, but we saw a lot of people come and go. And it was, it was just cool. Cause we were like, almost like instantly one of the senior employees of the, of the crew. <laughs> yeah, instantly. Cause we were, cause we were there for a week before. Because one of the qualifications one of the one of the qualifications to uh, work on the movie was to watch a lot of the behind the scenes, like uh, farts of darkness and uh, stuff like that. And so um, we had religiously watched those movies, so we knew exactly what to expect. So nothing really surprised us when, like Lloyd had a meltdown or things weren't going the right way. Me and Zach seemed to handle it pretty okay. We we knew it was coming, so yeah. <laughs> we were expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> like in the there's a scene in poultry guys where the big fat man starts shitting all over the place joe flyshaker rest in peace and right. uh lloyd was pissed about the size of baby ruth bars he's like you fucker went to columbine you should know better what type of shit to put in these bathrooms 
anyway um, but so we learned so much from from that we went we went back to colorado right, right. and uh we made we made a couple films he made one called unicorn which Troma put out, and one called The Misled Romance of Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy. And both right, of those- so yeah, we, we made a bunch of these short films, which we got to um, be part of the Troma Dance Film Festival, which we also went out and helped out on uh, Crew in, Lives. Yeah, it was in, in Park City, City, Utah. And oh, in Park City, Utah, sorry. Yep. It was uh, the kind of the counter-programming of Sundance, the anti-Sundance. Like, we were the punk rock filmmakers and in park city yeah. so uh we would go out there promote our movies promote trauma you know it was a lot nicer conditions than poultry guys we living in like a ski condo <laughs> and like having real food and, and we were allowed to have alcohol and uh <laughs> it was an upgrade <laughs> so so you know we you know are there in the trenches helping trauma again and uh we thought what better way to help trauma is than to have Troma Palooza concerts in Denver, Colorado. We would throw benefit concerts for Troma out mm-hmm. here um, to raise money for the Troma Dance Film Festival, where we would have punk rock, metal bands, um, and then we would then show different Troma movies. And that got us kind of known in the Colorado scene as the Troma guys um, with all of these Troma Palooza concerts. So we used that momentum to make our first feature film, Adam, the amazing zombie killer, which uh, some people say is a love letter to trauma. Do you want to do, tell people real quick about Adam? Um, so yeah, it's our first, uh, it's our first and only feature film at this point I, uh, that I know of. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Love letter to trauma. I mean, we really, um, we, 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 we learned everything we know about filmmaking about from the toxic Avenger and from trauma. So we took all that we knew and had learned and applied it to our very own movie. And the result was a movie where we basically, it was, it was an excuse to uh, do special effects and, and just have blood and guts and gore and, 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 and boobs. <laughs> it just be basically our love letter to trauma movies. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. It's Adam, the amazing zombie killer with, um, A-T-O-M. A-T-O-M. I have so DVDs for sale. Um, check out the link in the description. I don't know where you want to go now. Yeah, well, I I think that's, you know, kind of sums up, like, and, and then fast forward through the apocalypse, and we're recording a podcast about trauma movies. <laughs> so, right, right. I, I mean, but yeah, like, pretty much through our entire lives, like, trauma's just played such a huge part. So, you know, we, Very we true. talk about them. Very well, true. So, what better way? What better? What better thing to do right now than just sit around talking about trauma movies? Because it is the first, they're the they're, they're the movies of the future. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of our first love, and um, we really did learn a lot from trauma and Lloyd Kaufman and everybody on the trauma team. So, hopefully, hopefully, you guys realize that we're coming from a place of love and. And, and and we do know what we're talking about, <laughs> At least especially you, Zach. Especially you, Zach. I mean, you're 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 the one who got me into trauma, and you're the one who got me into really filmmaking in general. So I mean, um, you're just a you're you're um, 
you're a vessel of memories so you remember things i don't and i'm glad you like my vessel mr yeah i love your vessel (laughs) i'm just saying i'm just trying to let the viewers know that we're passionate about trauma and 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 we do and we come from a place of love and we know they're they're listeners it's a podcast they can't see anything they're probably driving oh right right (laughs) i'm so used to everybody seeing my beautiful face on camera anyway (laughs) well so on that note um we should talk about the the very first movie for the Talk and Troma podcast. Um, All right, cool. So, so what what we do on this podcast is we'll discuss a trauma movie, we'll play a, the trailer, and mm-hmm. uh, then we will both come up with a movie to pair it with for our fantasy double feature. But Ooh. the first movie is from 1988. It is directed by Emmanuel Curvin, Rabid Grannies. Let's Grandma, what big eyes you have. Grandma, what big teeth you have. Grandma, what a big mouth you have. Oh, goody, goody, we're taking a trip to Granny's house. She and her sister are having a birthday party. Isn't that nice? Perhaps it is time to open up our presents. But be careful, because someone has sent these two sweet old ladies a very nasty present. Now, these grannies have gone berserk. <laughs> so you better not eat your chicken soup. At least they're enjoying themselves this year. <laughs> Rabbit grannies. They don't exist. <laughs> They're not just grannies, they're party animals, ready to get down. Get funky, get wasted. Rabid grannies. Grannies serving up something special for dinner. You. Rabid grannies from Troma. That was the trailer for Rabid Grannies. So Lloyd Kaufman wrote this from his book for All I Need to Know About Filmmaking I Learned from the Toxic Avenger. They love their grandchildren. Well done. Another important trauma social statement, this time on the difficult plight of the elderly. We old ladies unite and grow fangs to take their revenge on society. A truly good film with spectacular special effects and tons of gore that will make you scream and beg for mercy. So I think first off, when we're talking about rabid grannies, we need to address the elephant in the room. They're not grannies, they're ants, and they're not rabid, they're possessed. A better title would have been Demonic Anties. (laughs) (laughs) And they're party animals. They're party animals. Um, What'd you think? No, you're absolutely you're you're absolutely right. I guess I didn't even think about that. They're totally ants. Demonic (laughs) anties. I 
I mean, they're old ladies, so I guess that's where the grannies came from, and they do drool a lot, so maybe they're thinking, like, rabid, but they're, yeah, they're just demonic aunties. Rabid grannies is just a, it's a better B-movie title, <laughs> you know, like, Nympho Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell. Um, it's just I'm... a catchier title, I think, so um, that's, you, clearly, that's why they went with that title. Yeah. Um, what did I think of the movie? Yeah, what did you think of the movie? So I remember watching the film in high school um, when we were getting into trauma. And I remember, yeah, the trailer was the best part of the film. I don't remember any of the moments from the trailer being in the movie. Um, it was so boring. It was so boring. Um, but the film, the cut you had me watch last night was actually pretty good. So what the hell happened? <laughs> All right. So, um, so when we watched it in high school, trauma put out a cut on VHS Laserdisc and DVD that had all of the gore cut out for some reason. Um, there is a version that's on, on YouTube where somebody spliced in all the gore um, back into the movie. I'll talk a little bit later. I'll talk about all the different versions, but there is a, there's a version that is the way to watch it that has all of the gore cut into the uncut movie. Cause there's another version in there that has all of the gore, but it's uh, unrated. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, wow. Anyway, the version I watched last night was actually fun and, like, tolerable. I could actually watch the movie. And, you know, there was payoff, I guess you could say, because the movie is very stop and go. It's, it's very talkative, and there's not a lot that's going on. And it's like once they become rabid grannies, it's like I want to see some fucking blood and gore. So but I, it's like <laughs> yeah no i i when i watched it again for this i i actually watched the trauma cut with all the gore cut out and then i went and watched the the other version um and i actually did like the trauma cut although it's not definitely not as good with all the gore because it's really cut out for no reason but i don't think i appreciated it in a high school uh because the score like you start out before they turn into rabid grannies, it's almost 40 minutes before they <laughs> yeah. turn into rabid grannies. So yeah. it's a, a enormous cast here. Let me re let me tell you all the people who are in this movie. There's a priest, oh, there's a fat guy with a mustache. Um, he's a condom salesman. He kind of looks like Mr. Crusoe from Monty Python and his wife. There is two parents and two kids. There's an old maid there is a douchey cousin named roger there's a butler a maid a cook a lesbian couple the two rabid grannies and a witch for one scene so <laughs> that's it's just and a partridge much, in a pear tree right <laughs> it's just too much to keep up with and nobody nobody in that movie spoke english <laughs> they were all dubbed so yeah i was wondering why everyone seemed like they were dubbed even though they look like they're talking english it's, so it's very off it's very it's very um what do you like uncanny valley feeling so i guess they um the director said he wanted the movie to be in english so he could sell it to america right so he he uh wrote the script in um i think finnish and had somebody translate the movie um, and it took him like two weeks to translate it and everybody on the cast learned the lines phonetically. So they had mm. no idea what they were saying. Um, <laughs> oh the only person 
in the movie who spoke English was the butler. Um, Radu. 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 <laughs> and no, so, like, funny enough, he's like the best to watch in the movie because you yeah. can kind of tell what he's saying. But they went back and they dubbed everybody over with like an actor. So, like, the lines definitely have like emotion and feeling, but you, it's just a little off, except for Radu, who dubbed himself over. So, right, right. Yeah, I think, yeah, Radu is actually the best part of the movie. Um, just because I could understand him. Um, when I watched the movie, I had auto-generated subtitles on YouTube just so it would maybe try to help me just kind of <laughs> well, translate what they were saying. It, it did not do a very good job at times. <laughs> it was just like, I tried to write down some of the translations it came up with. It was, it was pretty funny and comical. Um, sometimes it just like gave up. It just was like, I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea what they're saying. So, so it, it it's hard to it's hard to hear what they're saying half of the time of the movie. So I guess the the plot of of Rabid Grannies, if you will, um, it's these two these two aunties' uh, birthday, and they have an enormous family, as you just heard, of really shitty people who all come to their castle to which was a real castle, by the way, and apparently they filmed it in the winter. So they, they're like, you can't heat a castle. So everybody is really cold. But anyways, they, they all go to this castle and they're just trying to get their inheritance and waiting for the grannies to die. So um, uh, one, of their, one of the nephews who isn't in the movie, God forbid, sent a gift by this creepy looking witch. Um, it was like a shitty looking wooden box. And gives it the rabid grannies get it they open it up and as they open it up uh somebody in the cast is singing green sleeves for some reason and uh smoke comes out and they turn they turn into rabid grannies and then grannies, i'm going to binge your cheeks and then yeah so then the grannies just go go on a killing spree of all these uh, terrible, terrible people <laughs> in the house. And you, you're kind of rooting for the grannies because you, there's nobody like maybe the kids yeah. are the most likable people, but there's right. not a single likable person in this entire movie. True. And you're making it sound a lot, you know, more entertaining than it kind of was. Um, there's a lot of hiding in rooms and them like talking it's about. So stop and go. It's, like okay once the grannies you there's so much build up to the when the rabbit grannies come and at that point it's just like all right let's go let's just carnage after carnage and but no it's just like here's a special effect and then 10 minutes of just nothing but talking and hiding right and then here's another kill scene and then another 10 minutes of just hiding and talking it's just hiding and talking, hiding and talking. <laughs> but th there, there's some good stuff. So um, yeah. I, I actually have a, a clip of the producer, James Desert, talking about um, one of the harder scenes to film, which was mm -hmm. uh, the this gigantic arm going across the dinner table and just kind of how hard that was to film. The most difficult sh scene, to shoot, scene to shoot was definitely the, 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 the place where... Um, they are all sitting at the dining table when, with the long arm. First and foremost, all the actors were of, of the cast 
had to be there. So um, it was a quite an, uh, it took a lot of time to, to have everything right for the long arm to, to get it in, in, into movement and so on. That was definitely the most difficult thing to, to shoot. Another another thing I thought was kind of I thought it was kind of creepy. Um, there's so there's a couple kids in the movie, but uh, there's like a scene where one of the grannies uh, lures the little girl into the room, and I think like you know just standalone horror movies scene like when this like creepy granny sitting in like this it's like a children's room, but all these toys are like just dilapidated and strewn all over the place, and she's talking to this little girl. She's like come over here i want to pinch your cheeks and yeah and then uh it's it's actually kind of unsettling you're like oh shit i think she's gonna kill this little girl and then sure enough she you know she does she cuts her well and that was the best part of the movie and they show the little girl um her legs are like ripped off and they show the gore and i've never I can't think of another movie where they show kids and gore other, well, beware children at play, but that we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but, but no, what a cool image. It's like, I just want to take a screen grab of that, that screen, uh, that shot in the movie, just cause it's cool to see a kid um, with, you know, no legs and some kids with gore. It, it, it's very, it's different. Yeah. You don't see that in a lot of movies. So it's cool to actually see a kid die in a movie i guess you know another thing that i thought was kind of neat was just how different like like you could tell that those rabid grannies were not the like the 80 year old women <laughs> it was right. like a couple right. young dudes and uh rubber monster and, students <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could definitely tell um especially in one of the scenes where the priest dies there's a lot of talking between the grannies for some reason they don't talk a lot, but for some reason, let's just stop the movie and have them have a discussion with a priest and talk. That, that was kind of a cool, a cool idea for a scene, though. Like, may, it could have been a little bit shorter, but like, you know, having yeah. these demonic, you know, grannies or demonic aunties, so these rabid grannies trying to convince this priest to uh, kill himself is kind of good. It was. It was. Yeah, I thought it was the stupider part. I thought it was kind of stupid. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't buy it, and and the effect that it, it was, there was no payoff. It was just kind of off screen, like. So, uh, <laughs> what was um, <clears throat> what was one of your favorite effects in the movie? Um, favorite effect. Well, I think I kind of mentioned um, one of the, my favorite effects was definitely the little girl's legs being chopped off. Um, yeah. Just because, yeah, you don't see kids in gore too often. Um, very first time we see the rabbit grannies is clearly when they put a lot of effort into the special effects you know her head yeah. kind of splitting like, off splitting off um looks like terrence and philip a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i thought so too <laughs> anyway um i like that part in the sewer um where the hand kind of pops out of the water it almost looks like something from like jaws's fin coming out but it's like this demon hand coming across I can just um, picture the filmmakers like, oh, let's just take the hand and put it in the shot. And, and, and there you go. That's the rabbit granny. We don't need the actual actors. Just grab the hand. Just grab the rubber hand. Like, apparently I that water was like, like pretty gross. Like it's like there's like there is no draining in swimming in pool in, uh, in the castle. So that is 
hundred year old gross water. <laughs> wow, that's that's really crazy to think. Like you just think everything's a set nowadays, but yeah, but that's no, all of shooting is is crazy. Like that that makes you know that makes you appreciate a little more. <laughs> right. And so there's like a scene where um one of the rabid grannies jumps out of a Bach painting and it's like an actual like they oh, yeah. had somebody do a reproduction, but like they went through the time of doing that like of painting a like it looks pretty authentic to the castle so that's yeah cool. that was actually that's a cool moment when she pops out of the painting yeah that was a cool moment although i swear the painting is back in unripped in another scene oh really after <laughs> yeah i'm like i, would, I bet I'm it like, is i bet they took it down and filmed that shot and they're like well we can't fuck up the real painting so <laughs> yeah yeah because there's there's it could be a different painting but yeah, there's another painting. I'm like, didn't she just jump out of that painting? But anyway, you know, putting there, much too much thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there and and for for all you uh, trauma fans, you you know that one of the staples of trauma is nudity, and there is a boob in the movie. Right? One boob. How? I believe I saw one boob, one boob, and I got real excited. And I was like, oh, here comes a boob. Here comes a boob, and. It was just okay. It was okay. So apparently the the director did not want to have that scene in at all. The people financing the movie, they told him that that you need nudity to sell the movie, which is totally true. You definitely do yeah. need nudity to sell movies. Um, or a movie called Rabbit Grannies for sure. But that scene makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Um, and true. so if you think of it, in the context of the movie, there's like this douchebag who's just a complete, just ass to everybody. And he's harassing this lesbian couple. And, uh, and so he like gets one of the lesbians by herself and then's like, I'm such a douche and let's fuck basically. And then, yeah, and then they do, but it really doesn't make sense. It's like, why are they having sex? Like she hates him. And even the director in the commentary, he's like, this scene makes no sense. No. And it makes no sense because she's a lesbian for half of the movie. Isn't she? I think she is for the whole movie, except for that scene, which makes it. It doesn't make any sense. And then the whole time they're like, they're, they're, they're like, they're like you're a lesbian you're like like haunting her like con- like calling her a lesbian for some reason i don't i, I just didn't but they, pick up on well, it's where they were going with that that sex scene is never brought up again through the entire no, movie no their relationship is never brought up again but there is a boob in you could movie. probably cut this movie and make like a 20 minute cut so yeah. there there is a different cut of the movie with all the gore in but that sex scene is cut out <laughs> they cut wow. that whole sex so so there i have a german dvd mm-hmm. of the movie which um is the trauma cut which is like 80 minutes and then there is the german producer's cut which has all the gore back in it, but that one sex scene removes. And that one's 77 minutes. But somebody on the internet cut in all the gore, and that version is an hour and a half. So that's, I think, the ver- the version you should watch, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the, hard to the, keep track of how many versions there are of this movie. Well, and so there's a Blu-ray that's out, and supposedly <laughs> that version is on the Blu-ray, but I, I, don't, I don't own the Blu-ray, so I can't say for sure but i'm pretty sure that 
it's the producer's cut and not the full version with the nudity and all the gore. So, well, yeah. um, the director, Emmanuel Curvin, I like in the commentary, he kept talking about doing another movie. Um, but I can only find that he did this one movie and he acted in Kickboxer 2. So, so that's kind of funny. Um, Interesting. Weird. And then, uh, <laughs> right? Well, but the producer, James Desert, who I played a few clips from, um, and I'll play, an, I'll play another clip uh, coming up. Um, he produced a bunch of trauma movies. He made, uh, he produced Maniac Nurses Find Ecstasy, State of Mind, Parts of the Family, and he um, was, I don't know what's happening now, but he was working on Rabid Grannies 2, and there's like a teaser trailer out there, which is just very, very teaser. It's like a shot of the castle, and then some demonic laughing. But uh, um, real quick, yeah, let's listen to the clip of James talking about, it's kind of interesting, there's um, the James Desert's version of how Troma got this movie and how they made it, and then Lloyd Kaufman's version of how they got the movie made. So I'm going to play those clips kind of back to back, because it's kind of funny and interesting. Cool. So uh, let's listen. Emmanuel Kervan came up with the idea for Rabbit Grannies, but initially it all started back in the office of uh, VDS Films, a Brussels distributor. That guy over there had asked us to do all the preparations, pre-production for an action film called Talion. But uh, one day when everything was finished and shooting had to start, uh, it seems that the guy didn't have no money to start the production or to continue the production. So we were there sitting with a whole uh, infrastructure, a whole machinery that was uh, had, that had been started. Uh, Emmanuel came up and he said, uh, we, I still have that idea for, uh, for a horror movie. Why don't we start this in, instead of, uh, of doing this, uh, this action film? And so um, Rabbit Grannis was born. You fans may be interested to know how did Troma get involved with such a masterpiece like Rabbit Grannies? The answer is quite simple. About 15 years ago, two Belgian citizens, the guys who made Rabbit Grannies, wrote to us. They sent us a two-page synopsis. In their letter, these Belgian guys said, Dear Troma, we grew up on Troma movies. We love Troma. We want to make a European Troma movie. Would you guys at Troma be interested in distributing such a movie? Michael Hurz read the synopsis and instantly knew that Emmanuel Kervin and Mr. Desert were geniuses. He wrote back saying, if you boys make this movie, not only will we distribute the movie, but we will give you guys in Belgium a huge 79 cent advance guaranteed to distribute the movie. Emmanuel Kervin and James Desert made Rabbit Grannies. It was sent to us, we distributed it, it was a masterpiece and the rest is history. Rabbit Grannies is the very first Belgium film not subsidized or financed by the Belgium government. Most movies in Europe are government subsidized, as you know. No one will subsidize a trauma movie, so the guys in Belgium actually went out to Belgium dentists and raised the money to make Rabbit Grannies. So Rabbit Grannies is a historic film. I didn't know trauma. Um, actually, we had, uh, we, we had a little advertisement in The Hollywood Reporter and uh, saying that we were about to shoot us this movie called Rabbit Grannies. And uh, one day, um, an afternoon, uh, I received a phone call from uh, the head of acquisitions. Uh, later on, he 
mailed me a package, a package of all sorts of information regarding trauma, and uh, like this, the uh, collaboration started, and uh, uh, well, it was quite fun to work with these guys. So that was that. Um, so real quick on on the DVD, there on the trauma DVD, a very young filmmaker, Joe Lynch, who directed mayhem and uh, knights of badassdom and is in holliston and wrong turn two he used to work at trauma and he does an interview with a rabid granny on the dvds that's kind of funny uh, <laughs> yeah so well let's wrap up our talk on rabid grannies before we get to our picks uh any final thoughts any other things you want to talk about on rabid grannies wow that's smashing that's smashing that's all i i, I have no I, that's all i can say that kid, that, yeah there's like a little kid and i think he only has like two lines and it's that's smashing <laughs> yeah wow that's smashing yeah that's smashing it, it, that was my favorite line in the whole movie and um there was a there was a few other lines in the movie that i liked um slapstick cream pies <laughs> i i did laugh at that line i remember i don't remember why they say that but yeah i giggled i don't know what well she's like she's got the box and she's she's like talking to the box and for some reason she's like all these slapstick cream pies and <laughs> i told you that i had the auto-generated subtitles on and it actually um censored the line cream pies because it, <laughs> it it thought it was saying something dirty <laughs> that would make it a very different movie i think yeah oh another good line from the movie was um rad do Bring the knife for the cake. Rad do. They say bring that for like five for minutes. For the cake. Rad do. Bring the knife for the cake. Yeah, it goes on forever and ever. And it's like, what are they saying? I think they're saying Rad do. Bring the knife for the cake. I have no idea. And I don't know why it goes on forever and ever. I liked, uh, I thought it was really funny for just whatever reason. Like the big fat guy was a condom salesman. Like. Oh, see, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, like he's like, I'm, I'm a. Condom salesman. <laughs> yeah. I liked his ass getting eaten out. That was Yeah, that was a cool effect, which which in the trauma version, you're like, I guess he died, but you have no, no idea no. how. But it's no, pretty they like that. rip his skin off. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so. no, there was a I mean, ultimately the version we saw that's on YouTube that you sent me is the version to watch. Definitely. I think so. Yeah. But check it out if you uh, get a chance it's also the the trauma cut versions on the trauma now streaming site there's dvds and blu-rays and i thought the credit music was pretty sweet too it's like all right how do we end this movie let's have some rock and roll it's like where did that come from (laughs) from like really stuffy classical music for pretty much the whole score nothing is consistent about this movie and then, like, how did it end? I didn't, I didn't understand the ending. Do you understand the yeah, ending? Yeah, so... Um, so she had just stopped she, everything from cr- uh, stabbing this box with a, with a crucifix. And then, and then she becomes possessed? Well, because she, she inhaled some smoke from the box. And, and you should keep in mind, too, it was the, the kind of the old maid riding the bicycle at the beginning with the one who's not in a relationship at all. Um, kind of signaling she's gonna be an old bitty rabid granny when she gets older i gotcha okay that makes a little more sense again there's just too many characters to keep up there yeah there's too many 
But uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, let's go on to the pairings uh, now, our, our double feature section. So uh, the film I chose for my fantasy double feature is the 2011 film by Adam Wingard, You're Next. I just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here. Thanks to mom and dad. Beautiful. Just a perfect day. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy food and help us to do our part with kind words and loving deeds. Amen. Amen. What is that? So that was my pick, You're Next. Uh, the reason I picked this movie for my double feature is because it's about a whole bunch of unlikable characters. You, like, you just hate this entire family. There's way too many characters. They get together at a house for a party, and then they start getting picked off one by one in this giant mansion. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever That's seen cool. this movie, Richard? No, um... I, well, actually, maybe a long, long, long time ago, I think I've, I vaguely remember some of the imagery, like of them wearing animal heads and killing people. But other than that, I don't really remember too right. much about it. <laughs> yeah, they look like the Wyatt family from WWE. Um, the gore in that movie is pretty awesome. Um, one of my favorite death scenes in the movie is uh, somebody has an axe and uses it like a golf club on somebody's head. Um, cool. And I'll then check it out. Yeah, the director, he did, like, the VHS movies, Blair Witch, Death Note, um, which is kind of cool. Tons of nudity in this movie. And uh, another fun thing is there's a lot of filmmaker cameos. There's uh, a character who plays a filmmaker is played by Ty West, um, one of the the writer of the movie, um, Simon Barrett. He's a mass killer. And then Larry Fessenden, uh, who does a bunch of of crazy like kind of horror cult movies he um dies at the beginning of the movie so yeah i think that'd be a fun that's my pick for a double feature uh what about you what about yours mr taylor um well um i had a 
really, really think about this hard because what better movie could go with rabid grannies than the classic Peter Jackson film, Dead Alive? On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying is haunting Lionel. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me. Until... <laughs> Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever oh. mom's got... has caught on with the neighbors. You can pray. I kick ass for the Lord. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already Trimark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Your mother ain't my dog! Dead Alive. Party's over. I think that would go really well with Rabbit Grannies. Um, it's got, you know, a lot of people in the movie that you can hardly understand. <laughs> and they, they actually all look like they're dubbed over as well in, in that movie. And you have an older woman who basically gets possessed by a monkey. Um, well, she gets bit by a monkey or something, a rat yeah. monkey. And she starts going nuts and crazy. And uh, yeah, I guess it's more of zombies than possession, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's really on the same lines. And yeah, uh, there obviously Dead Alive is more known than, um, you know, the gore is way more over the top and top notch. But uh, again, it's just a good, I think it would be a good pairing with this movie just because you've got people you can't understand. Um, and you got an like- older lady, an older lady who goes nuts and crazy. And it, it just kind of, yeah, I think it would make sense. And, and you got a big party. <laughs> too and there's a big table with a party and yeah you're right and oh at the end of the movie there's a big party at the yeah no it, it would be a re- it, it almost seems like they were trying to kind of mimic um i don't know when dead rabbit Gra- rabbit when- our dead alive came out in 92 oh wow so rabbit grannies came out before well and it's it's entirely possible that because peter jackson is a trauma fan so it's entirely possible he's seen rabbit grannies yeah, no, totally. I'm gonna, well, we're going to call it now. We're going to say Peter Jackson ripped off Rabbit Grannies to make that alive. So, yeah, I guess for a triple feature film, you could do your next Dead Alive <laughs> and then Rabbit Grannies. So you you want to know what I just thought of? Another funny connection um, for us and Rabbit Grannies and Dead Alive. Do you remember the first time we watched Dead Alive? No. 
So um, one of one of my friends was like, "You need to see Dead Alive. That movie's fucking crazy." And we went to Blockbuster and we rented it. And yeah. the version we got was the R-rated version. We watched it. And those who haven't seen Dead Alive, like it's over the top, you know, gore gore a second like so much blood and in the r-rated version they cut it all out but there's so much gore it's intertwined with the story so it just doesn't make sense and it was so we're like this movie is fucking bullshit <laughs> like and we yeah. like we hated that alive the first time we saw it but then he's yeah. like you watch the r-rated version then he loaned us his dvd and it's like oh yeah no this movie's way better with all the gore in it like it's almost exactly what happened with rabbit grannies it's exactly. like exactly we watched, you know, Rabbit Grannies, and there's no gore, boobs, or anything, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you give me this cut, and it's like, oh, well, this is the version we're supposed to be watching. Um, and I also just remember Lloyd Kaufman on set of Poultry Guys Night of the Chicken Dead was like, because we were the Blood Boys, and it's like, you need to make this movie bloodier than Blood uh, Devil. You need to make this movie bloodier than Dead Alive. You, that's your job. That's all. That's all you have to do is make this movie bloodier than Dead Alive, and. I, we tried. I don't think we made. I, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I yeah, it's impossible. Like he's set the bar like way too high. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, we tried. It's, it's such a it's such an awesome movie. And do you have a favorite death? So cool. Do you have a favorite death in uh, Dead Alive? Maybe you uh, can one of my favorite deaths is so like the zombie gets his head cut in half with uh, garden shears, and then a lawn gnome gets stuffed in there. And then later on in the movie, he's getting put through like a laundry press. And then you just see all of his gore and goop shoot out his neck hole with the lawn gnome. <laughs> or like when they put, and then actually that half a head ends up inside of a blender too, which is pretty Oh, fun. that's right. Dude, I haven't watched it in so long that I just, I can't remember. Um, all I can remember is the little baby running around everywhere. <laughs> Well, it's been a long time for me too. Like I, I want to go back and rewatch that movie, but supposedly Peter Jackson's like working on this like amazing Blu-ray of like bad taste and dead alive and all of his early stuff. So it's like, right. I'm just going to hold out watching that movie until yeah. that Blu-ray comes out. So fingers crossed it's sooner than later. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, Richard. I'm glad we got to talk about some movies and anytime Zach, uh is there anything you wanted to plug (laughs) (laughs) um other than the fine young gentleman sitting across from me um goodness gracious i can't think of one thing i like to plug other than um what i'm doing now is a lot of music with my band balonium so probably that (laughs) cool well check out balonium on the on the all the social medias yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. We're all over the place. So, um, which uh, you know, we made a, we make a lot of music videos, and you're in a lot of them. And yep. they're they're fun. I think I think a lot of uh, trauma people would like our videos. There's definitely so. some trauma influence in some of those videos. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I think people could could would would definitely like them if they checked it out. Balonium, awesome. get full of balonium. <laughs> cool. All right. Well. Uh, Thank you, Richard, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the very first episode of Talk and Troma with me, Zach Bynes. I'll see you next time, and remember to stay traumatized.